congregation, the text for this afternoon's sermon is found in the first passage we read from. The focus will be on the verses 6 through 9 of chapter 30. And let us read those words again. There we read, Put the altar in front of the curtain that is before the ark of the testimony, before the atonement cover that is over the testimony, where I will meet with you. Aaron must burn fragrant incense on the altar every morning when he tends the lamps. He must burn incense again when he lights the lamps at twilight, so incense will burn regularly before the Lord for the generations to come. Do not offer on this altar any other incense or any burnt offering or grain offering, and do not pour a drink offering on it. And so far, the text, after the proclamation, let us respond with the singing of Psalm 141, the stanzas 1, 2, and 7. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, an altar of incense. On this small altar, burning coals were placed, and then incense was sprinkled on these coals, and then a thick cloud of sweet-smelling smoke would go up, filling the entire tabernacle. Twice a day, there would be this incense offering to the Lord. Now, you might be thinking, well, that's kind of cool, but do we need this for today? Offer up sweet-smelling incense to the Lord? This isn't something that hippies would would do, burn sweet-smelling incense, and is it not what New Ager types do today? Just what does the offering of incense on God's golden altar have to do with our worship? Well, we don't literally have to offer up incense today, but what then is the meaning of this Old Testament ceremony which God required of his people? Well, the truth is that the offering of incense was symbolic of the offering of prayers to the Lord God. As King David would say in Psalm 141, Oh, let my prayer like incense be. And what we will sing of later in Psalm 141 afterwards is confirmed in in Revelation 5 verse 8, where it says that the bowls full of incense before God's throne are the prayers of the saints. And as we can also read in Revelation 8 verse 4, the smoke of incense rose with the prayers of the believers. So you can see that the ceremony of burning incense twice a day before the Lord was not an empty ceremony. It's rich in in substance and meaning. For it speaks of God's requirement that we be a people of prayer, praying constantly to him, praying as we come together here before his throne on the Lord's day in worship, praying as we each day, each one of us comes before him. But do we see the importance of prayer? Prayer here in our congregational worship? Or do you see prayer here as a, as a hindrance? Something you wish to see diminished? And what about your own personal prayers? 
How important are they? Do you begin and end your day with prayer? Can you take time to pray? Are we too busy to pray? Too tired to pray? Is prayer a mere afterthought with us? Or is it a priority in our life of thankfulness to God? And when we do pray, what do we pray for? Well, it's so easy that prayer becomes a gift list for God. It's in our busy times, it's so easy to say, Lord, give, Lord, provide, Lord, grant, Lord, shower. Does prayer quite easily become a list of requests? But what about praying in thanksgiving? Are our prayers thank offerings? Are the offerings a praise? Beloved, God's word comes to you this afternoon, summarized under this theme. Our prayer, that's the incense offering to our Father through his Son, our High Priest. And we'll pay attention to three questions. First, who do we pray to? Second, who do we pray through? And th- third, what do we pray for? I repeat, our prayer... That's an incense offering to our Father through His Son, our great High Priest. And we shall see, first of all, who we pray to, second, who we pray through, and lastly, what we pray for. As brothers and sisters, in order to understand what the offering of incense on the small golden altar is all about, we do well to consider where this altar was placed. And for that purpose, then we do well to take a brief tour of the tabernacle. As to find this altar for the burning of incense, we would have to walk between the many tents of God's people. We would have to walk towards the center of the camp of Israel. And coming towards the middle of the camp, we would find a very large area closed off with walls. Walls made of curtains, white curtains. Somewhere in those walls there was a proper entrance. And going through that proper entrance, we would enter into the court of the tabernacle. And there in the court of the tabernacle was a large bronze altar on which God's people can offer, with the help of the priests, all kinds of sacrifices. There was also there in that courtyard a a bronze laver. With that... That basin, that laver, priests could cleanse themselves. They could wash their hands and other parts of their body before going into the tabernacle itself. Also in this courtyard was the actual tabernacle. God's house, he would say. That tabernacle consisted of two rooms. First there was the most holy place, or what we call the Holy of Holies. This is where the golden ark of the covenant was. This, you'd say, was the throne room of the Lord God. There he was enthroned between the cherubim. And only the high priest, once in a year, came into this most holy place to sprinkle blood on the atonement cover. The atonement cover was the top of the ark. For the Lord God was most holy. He would not have sinners come into his presence. And so the high priest would make atonement for their sins. And in this way, yes, they could come and worship before him. In this way, the Lord God could live among sinful people. 
Now in front of God's throne room, the most holy place, was another room. Yes, this is the room one had to walk through in order to get into the most holy place. This room too was holy. Only the priests were allowed into this room. And they would come into this room twice a day. If you would come into this room from the courtyard on one side, you would see a large lampstand, which would light up otherwise dark room. On the other side would be a table with the bread of the Lord's presence on it. And right in front of them, right in front of the curtain, was the last item, and what was the, yes, the golden altar of incense. And this afternoon we'll focus on that, that little golden altar. Yes, it's a little one. We'd say it was a miniature version of the one outside. The bronze altar, the altar of burnt offering. This golden altar of incense was, was a square on top. As we could read, the top of the altar was one cubit square, with a horn on each corner of the square. And it stood about two cubits high. And when you consider that a cubit is about the length of your arm from your tip of your finger to your elbow, you see that this altar was not very large. And this altar was made out of acacia wood. It was covered with pure gold. It also had gold molding. The Lord God also had rings put in this little altar, rings to which he could put poles, and so Aaron and his sons would be able to carry this altar as they moved towards the promised land. And where was this altar placed? Well, as I said before, it was placed in front of the curtain. It was placed right before the ark of God's testimony. Yes, right before the throne of God. See, it wasn't just placed anywhere. Right before the Lord. It was so close to the ark of God's presence. That in Hebrews 9 it is mentioned as if there was no curtain separating the ark and this altar. Yes, you're right here in the presence of God. And that's what John describes also in Revelation 8 verse 3. He saw the golden altar of incense before the throne. No mention there made of, of a curtain. And why so close? Why was the altar of incense so close to God's throne in the most holy place? Well, the smoke of the incense had to penetrate into the holy of holies. It had to penetrate through the curtain into God's presence. It says, the Lord instructed Aaron must burn fragrant incense on the altar every morning when he tends the lamps. He must burn incense again when he lights the lamps at twilight. His incense was to burn regularly before the Lord for the generations to come. Indeed, twice a day, time of the morning sacrifice and the evening sacrifice, this incense was offered up to who? Up to the Lord God. So the smoke of incense was set up before the throne. The smell of smoke was never to be absent from the tabernacle. And what kind of smell was this? Well, we're told at the end of this chapter, in verse 34 and following, we get a description. There the Lord said to Moses, take fragrant spices, gum, resin, onica, galbanum, and pure frankincense, all in equal amounts, and, and make a fragrant blend of incense. 
the work of a perfumer. So we're talking about fragrant spices, sweet-smelling spices. And what are they? They're listed here. The first one is gum. It's the resin that oozes out of certain kinds of balsam trees. And there's onyx. It's a mollusk which lives in the warm, shallow waters of the Mediterranean and the Red Seas. And when you burn this mollusk, the shell, it gives off an, an aromatic but pungent smoke. And when mixed with other spices... It makes the fragrance of the other spices last longer. And then there's also galbanum. It's a white resin. It comes from a certain kind of carrot. And when it too burns, it gives a very pleasant, very pleasing odor. And then the last ingredient mentioned here is frankincense. The two is a white resin and white gum, which comes from a bark of a certain kind of tree. And yes, then equal amounts of all four perfumes were mixed together to produce a holy incense. And as you also read here, an unspecified amount of salt was, was added. It may be that the salt helped make the mixture burn and smoke more readily. And yes, this mixture then is offered up before the Lord God. To the Lord God who is enthroned there between the cherubim behind the curtain... So it was every morning and every evening. The sweet smell of incense would go through the curtain, through the veil, into the Holy of Holies. And so the throne room of God was filled with the smoke of incense. And so we also read in Isaiah 6. Is there Isaiah has a vision of the throne of God. And that the throne room was filled with smoke. Yes, this incense smoke was was to be a pleasing aroma to the Lord God. It's a pleasing aroma. Now when we light up incense candles, not all of us really like the smell of incense. But back then, incense was to be used to produce a pleasing scent, a a pleasing aroma, because when you live in a warm climate like God's people did in Israel, odors were, were quickly present. Developed really quite fast, odors of sweat and, and rot. Yes, with a hot climate, you have this. And then, yes, if you had incense, the smell of incense would do away with all these unpleasant, these awful odors. And this is what the Lord God required a pleasing odor, a pleasing aroma. Yes, the Lord God alone was to have this. We read the instructions for this mixture. No one else was to use this holy mixture. It was holy to the Lord. It belonged to the Lord. And very important that he receive this pleasing aroma. It was important for any sacrifice. Just think of the sacrifices Noah brought when he came out of the ark. Then the Lord smelled, we read, the pleasing odor of Noah's offering. And the Lord said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of him. And later again, when God's people brought their sacrifices, they came offering cattle and and small animals and birds. And with each of these offerings, we read that it was an offering by fire, a pleasing scent, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And the same could be said not just of burnt offerings, but also of cereal offerings and peace offerings and sin offerings. Yes, each offering offered up produced a pleasant scent. The Lord was pleased by such sacrifice. 
It was not the outward smell that, that did it for him. No, what really pleased him was the attitude of the heart that came with the sacrifice. For what is a sacrifice? Be it of incense or of an animal or of produce. A sacrifice, beloved, is first of all a gift to God. By giving a gift such as incense, people were showing what lived within them. They showed themselves to be filled with thanksgiving. So they came near to who? To the Lord God expressing their dependence on Him. Their dependence on His grace and upon His Spirit. And so such sacrifices gave the Lord God a great amount of joy. For there we can see that there was peace Yes, true peace between God and His people. There was communion between God and His people. Yes, they were living in covenant fellowship with one another. And so it is also with our prayers. They are like offerings of incense to God. Yes, with our prayers we come near to God. We come before His most holy presence. Yes, we can offer our prayers to God and we do so under an open heaven. There is no longer a curtain between us and God. That curtain, as we all know, has been ripped in two. But, beloved, do we come near to God? Do we seek out fellowship with our covenant God? He's reached out to us. He has included all of us in His covenant. But do we respond in thanksgiving? Do we call out to Him? Yes, when we pray here, do we, do we give ourselves? In thanksgiving? Do we realize into whose presence we have come? Well, this isn't time to sleep, to daydream. No, when we pray, we pour ourselves out before our most holy God. We seek Him out. For He has sought us out first. And what about at home? Do we actually seek out the Lord God when we are at home? Do we begin our day with prayer before the throne of God? Do we end our day with prayer before His throne? Or is this all forgotten as we're too busy and too tired? Beloved, so often in my work as pastor, I ask those who are in trouble, who are struggling in the life of faith, Do you pray to God and do you pray on a regular basis? And so often the answer is no. So much for living in communion with God, in fellowship with God, for seeking Him out, for praising Him. Beloved, He hears when we call. He is pleased with our prayers. And why is he pleased with our prayers? For the sake of our great high priest Jesus Christ. For the sake of what he has done for us. Yes, we have a great high priest who intercedes on our behalf. Yes, it is he who we pray through. And that brings us to our second point. For going back again then to our text. Who brought this sacrifice of incense? Well, we read it there in our text. It's plain. Aaron. Aaron shall burn fragrance of incense on the altar. 
as it fell to Aaron and then to his sons to bring the sacrifice. Yes, it's through the priesthood of Aaron that this sacrifice was made twice a day. It's first in the tabernacle and later in the temple. Indeed, no one else but the priests were to do this. We all know well the story of King Isaiah, King Isaiah of, of Judah. He thought he could bring the incense offering on the altar himself. He thought he could come right into God's presence, most holy presence, and do this. But it was not to be through kings, it was to be through priests that this was to happen. For King Isaiah of Judah, as we all know, was struck down by leprosy. He couldn't come again into God's people's presence. And so God's word is very clear here. It is through a high priest, through the priests of his house, that this offering of incense was to be made. And that's what we see also then in the New Testament. We see in Luke 1 with, with the priest Zechariah being there in the temple. There he was busy offering up incense to the Lord God. That's twice a day also there in the New Testament. The morning hour of sacrifice and the afternoon hour of sacrifice. And as the lambs were being offered up in the morning and the afternoon, then there was also this offering of incense. Yes, there was a sacrifice going on in two places. On the altar of burnt offering, on that big bronze altar. And also on the altar of incense, that little golden altar. On that large altar was the lamb, the morning and the evening. On that little golden altar, there was incense, morning and evening. In fact, beloved, the sprinkling of the blood of the burnt offering forms the basis for that incense offering. On the basis of the sacrifice of the lamb, there was this offering of incense. You could say that the incense offering was the completion of the burnt offering. For what were all these offerings? What were these sacrifices all about? They were all about atonement. The whole sacrificial system in Israel was, was about atonement. You see with both of the altars. So the altar of incense was like the altar of burnt offering, the bronze altar. Yes, with both altars there was a burning with smoke in the morning and evening. There were to be these continuing offerings to the Lord. In fact, the fire for, for the incense offering came from, from that big bronze altar for the burnt offering. And on the day of atonement, that special day in the year, the blood of the burnt offering was applied yes, to the big large bronze altar, but also to that little golden altar of incense. Yes, it was the atoning blood. The atoning blood of the animal that allowed there to be peace, reconciliation with God, and fellowship with God. And so on the basis of the blood poured out there on the burnt offering, the Lord God smelled the incense. And he was pleased. Yes, there's reconciliation. There's peace between me and my people. And now we have another high priest. Our Lord Jesus Christ has come. And as we read in Ephesians 5 verse 2, 
Christ gave himself for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Yes, he is the fulfillment of the incense offering of this pleasing odor. For his atoning work is sufficient. By the one sacrifice of his body, he has redeemed us. It's on the base of this toning sacrifice. He is our high priest. Now can intercede before the throne of our Father. As we pray then through the great high priest Jesus Christ. We don't bring our prayers, our incense offerings to God by ourselves. No, we bring them through Jesus Christ. He brings our prayers. He brings our offerings before the throne of the Father. Yes, it's through our great high priest then that we pray Yes, there he is at the Father's right hand, pleading our cause before the Father, interceding on our behalf. Yes, he lives right now to, to make intercession for us. Yes, he points out to the Father, yes, my sacrifice for their sins is sufficient. Yes, through that perfect work, we are assured the Father hears. As Jesus Christ would say in in John 11, verse 41, Father, I thank you that you hear me. I know that you always hear me. Yes, such is our great high priest. What a comfort it is to know that our prayers are heard by God, are pleasing to him thanks to the interceding work of his son. Instead of smelling the foul stench of our sin and rebellion, he smells a pleasing aroma because of Jesus Christ, as he is that fragrant offering. Oh, he's a high priest indeed, but not after the order of Aaron, but after the order of Melchizedek. He is none other than the Son of God. He could endure God's wrath against our sins, basis of that once-for-all sacrifice. Our prayers are now pleasing odors, incense offerings acceptable to God. What a great high priest we have. We pray through him. Yes, it is he who then also purifies, who, who sanctifies our, our prayers as they ascend to the throne. Yes, as they go up, they are not perfect. But he cleanses them. He purifies them. Yes, there's incense as we read in Revelation Eight mingled with the prayers of all the saints. Yes, incense mingled with the prayers. The incense of Christ's works makes those prayers acceptable before God. Yes, for yes, our prayers they so often lack. Yet Christ, he purifies them, he sanctifies them. He makes them acceptable before the throne of God. He makes them a truly pleasing aroma to him. And so we pray. We can pray every day again. But what exactly do we pray for? It brings us to our last point. What do we pray for? What is the recipe for prayer? Well, we heard a recipe before. It was already mentioned. Incense consisted of a variety of spices and salts. Yes, this mixture, this recipe was a pleasing aroma. But our text also tells us what well, was not an acceptable offering. Lord God said there, 
Do not offer on this altar any other incense or burnt offering or, or grain offering. Don't pour on it a drink offering. Lord God was very clear in his instructions. His command was incense only. Incense as prescribed in his holy words. And just think of what happened a little later on with Nadab and Abihu when they didn't do as what was prescribed in the word. Now with this offering of incense, God's people gave of themselves. They gave their best to God. For what they gave here in the incense offering was very costly, very precious. And so through the priest, they gave their best to God. You could say they gave the best words, words of praise and of glory and adoration and thanksgiving. Yes, this they offered up, their choices, their best word. As it is with incense, yes, so it is also to be with our prayers. What we offer up as prayers must be according to God's word. Yes, God's word alone tells us what to pray, what is truly best, what is truly good. And yes, we have received instruction about what to pray from our Lord and Savior, that great high priest. He's very clear in his instruction. Didn't he say there in Matthew 6, do not pray like the hypocrites. No, when you pray, pray in this way. And what was the way when he commanded his people to pray? Well, we all know it's the Lord's Prayer. And how does our Lord's Prayer begin? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. God's name comes first in our prayers. Giving God's name the glory and praise and thanksgiving which is due. But how often do we pray in this way? How often don't our prayers just become a matter of asking, God, will you give? God, will you provide? No, beloved, let's start our prayers differently. Let us start our prayers with a sacrifice of praise, an offering of thanksgiving to him. For as the Lord God says in Psalm 50, he who brings thanksgiving as a sacrifice honors me. And so we give thanksgiving. We give him praise. And what for? For all what he has done for us in his great high priest, our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we thank him that we may have through his son a relationship, a covenant bond. And then I ask again, how much of our prayers are, are offered up in this way of giving thanks and praise to God? giving God glory and honor and adoration of, yes, hallowing his name. Yes, this should be first. And then there's more here. In the offering of incense, and so then also with our prayers, they were to be offered unceasingly. There was to be this continual fragrance given up there before the throne of God. They were offering there in morning and evening. Prayer was not to be done sparingly. 
And so also today. As it says in the letter to the Thessalonians. Pray without ceasing. God wants those prayers. He wants to see that evidence of thanksgiving. Yes, remember, prayer is the most important part of thankfulness. God requires of each and every one of us. So let's offer up to God an offering of incense. Offer up those prayers of praise, of adoration. Let us give of ourselves by the gracious working of the Spirit within us. Yes, let us give of ourselves. For he has given us so much. In the Son, our great high priest. Oh, let the Lord indeed experience the sweet smell of the covenant between him and us. That fellowship has been made possible through Jesus Christ. And so let us live at peace with our God. Amen.